friend uh, uh, who posted on Facebook how he accidentally got shot in the head with a flare gun. He's fine. He's all right. He's alive. He's out of the hospital. But it was one of those things where I was like, what the hell is this? And I sent it to you. And you were like, why did you send me that? I'm mad at you. (laughs) Your friend has a skull fracture. Like, it's not funny to me. (laughs) I'm like worried. He thinks it's funny. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. He's fine. It's okay. Matt is alive. Welcome to WrestleSplania, the show where wrestling enthusiast Kath Barbadoro introduces wrestling to me, Rachel Millman, a new fan. Hi, man. Hey. How, how you doing? You? Eh, you know, Super Bowl yesterday. Yep. Notably boring game. Yeah, I, di- I haven't watched a Super Bowl in probably like three years. I thought I wanted to go to the party you were at yesterday, and I was like, I wanted to see everyone, but I also just was like, there will probably be jalapeno poppers there, and I want to eat some. Were there any? No. Okay. Then I feel less bad about missing it. There were uh, <laughs> buffalo cauliflower bites that were good. I do like those. And we made some deviled eggs and I baked some some cupcakes. That sounds great, but no jalapeno poppers. I feel like I was informed yeah. in my decision. I did the right thing. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I'm not a football person. Maybe I will be some, someday considering like. Someone will do a podcast about it. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Uh, but, uh, last year's, usually the game is exciting, right? Like last year's game, if you watch last year's Super Bowl with the Eagles, it was incredible. And it wasn't just cause I was in Philly and I got to experience like a city explode in joy. It was a really fun, tight game. And this, most of this was three zero. Yeah. I Those mean, are soccer scores. That's <laughs> the downside of watching a real sport that isn't planned out. Oh, no, no, no. Then, it's uh, fixed. It's fixed. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it is fixed, but like... I have the fixes in for the pets. But I'm just sure. saying like it's not fixed in a way that makes it more exciting. No! And therefore, I am not interested. No! <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sure this is like super interesting for our listeners given that this is coming out like three weeks after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so uh, tell us your Super Bowl opinions, Please. folks. <laughs> folks. Uh, but yeah, thankfully we're talking about, uh, not football, a sport that is designed to be exciting yeah. and not real. Uh, and I'm really excited about it where I, I've wanted to do this episode since the fall. Um, and I knew it was going to be a little bit of an undertaking because it's, uh, a totally new thing for Rachel and a pretty new thing for me. Um, but we're doing an episode on the stardom faction, Oedo Tai. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's super fun. It was overwhelming for me. Yeah. And like, I don't want to have that as a statement for anybody who's listening to this and wants to get into it to be like, oh, no, this kind of felt like I was back a year mm-hmm. in terms of understanding what was going on because I had very little frame of reference. Yeah. So um, Oedo Tai, as I said, is is a uh faction in the promotion stardom which is a joshi promotion uh it started about eight or nine years ago and we don't watch a ton of stuff from it we've watched you've watched a little bit of stardom in the past but it's been a while yeah um you watched some Io Shirai. you watched um shana baszler uh-huh. you've seen a little bit of it 
But uh, singles matches are a lot easier to track than a lot of tag matches. That's true. And like almost every sort of character in this is new to you. And there's a lot of characters. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I had yeah. I had a great time being confused, <laughs> but I was very much like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So I, and I think our some of our listeners might be in this position with stardom, too. Like anytime you start watching a new promotion, particularly a new promotion that is um primarily in another language there's a little bit of an adjustment period where you are confused yeah and um you know you you have to get used to their sort of style of doing things and that like obviously you're less confused than you would have been a year ago because you at least understand more about the actual act of wrestling yeah but these were a lot of matches without commentary with a lot of um, the wrestlers were speaking to each other a lot in Japanese and like some of it was subtitled, but some of it wasn't like, there's just a lot going on that like is part of that sort of like barrier to entry that I think keeps people with WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like they are kind of champions at exposition, right? Yeah. So there's a lot, um, and there's like a, a fair amount of history to this group as well that I want to get into a little bit before we talk about the matches. So, um, Oedo Tai, like, so Edo is uh, what old Tokyo is called in like the Edo, the Edo period. Okay. You've heard of that in like Imperial Japan, right? So Oedo Tai is, um, they have this sort of like quasi samurai thing. That's okay. like why they're called that. And uh, LB described them in our notes as a goth, hard-drinking samurai gimmick. Yeah. Which is fucking sweet. That I immediately got. (laughs) That I immediately got. And one of the first things that came to mind for me was um, there was this article in Vice, I want to say like five years ago, about uh, female Australian douchebags. Okay. (laughs) And like... The Australians were worse and more entitled, and I think they were, you know, a little racist probably in their day-to-day, but I remember before even reading that article, getting great joy out of sending it to my friends and being like, check out these awful bros. This (laughs) headline just kind of reminds me of, like, me when I'm drunk. Is this the one (laughs) about the kids that threw a party? Is that what you're talking about? No, it was, like, they were called, like, malls or something like that. M-O-L-L-S. And they were ladies? They were ladies. And it was kind of... Like, rowdy Australian ladies. Rowdy Australian ladies who I think probably a closer parallel to American culture would be Guidos. Okay. And Guidettes. So, like, malls were, like, the Australian version of... Yeah. Like, allowed a obnoxious tacky person yeah but I i'm mean, italian i'm allowed to say that about guidos thank you yeah <laughs> we're all we're all kind of allowed to but yeah. i just want to make that clear <laughs> i also but i will say that but like i love guidos oh absolutely yeah we are living in like a post jersey short culture yeah. being dumb is cool it's hilarious <laughs> and i mean i think if you're drawing a parallel between malls and oedo tai like i like oedo tai too yeah and I, malls sound delightful they're not but what do they do like tell tell me some more like, about you know super like the way the article is de- this article is written it is written from a man's perspective of like these rowdy tacky women are constantly getting in fights and they have to like out douche the men and now that we're in sort of like i don't know what wave of feminism we're in and like just kind of like it's okay like if men are assholes a woman can be an asshole too why right. do you have a problem with that my my friend kate willett who's a very funny uh comedian has a joke where she calls it the glass gutter 
<laughs> that's I get yeah. that immediately. It's kind of like a glass gutter. She's thing. like things will not be equal until I, as a woman, can like barf in a gutter and fall asleep and not be worried. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Willett, uh, I think her album is called Glass Gutter. She has a 15-minute special on Netflix. I I adore her. Sorry to that's, plug her stuff. No, that's fine. Gla- Glass um, Gutter. Very um, good. I At this point, I'm so overwhelmed by the comedy selection on Netflix. It's nice to have a specific thing. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, no problem. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, oh, wait, tie our malls. Kind of, yeah. It's just like, you know, assholes. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think there's a lot of parallels between um, L.I.J. and Oedo Tai where it's like, yeah, first of all, they're both cool, like, which yeah. is very rare in wrestling that like a faction is cool. Um, but second of all, they're like, they're bad, but they're like really popular and kind of you like them like they're heels, but they're cool heels. And you're just like, no, you're like fun. I like when you cheat. It's mentioned in the notes that like the DDT there's Tokyo Joshi Pro is kind of making fun of idol culture Mm -hmm. in terms of like these squeaky clean kids that you have to be great like the Justin Bieber's of you know this culture but I and you see that too in like little girls entertainment of just kind of like their heroes off always have to be like fun and squeaky clean but we're seeing more of this now in western culture too of like you kind of it's okay to have like a rowdy idol for a little girl mm-hmm. like people loved um marceline on adventure time she's introduced as like an angsty jerk yeah um and like i don't know if you're as familiar with adventure time i'm not our <laughs> listeners will be yeah definitely. we know our market <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just like i think the idea of having like a brute force dickhead of uh, for little girls I think that might actually be feminism of just kind of like you can kind of be anything you don't yeah. have to be wholesome yeah I mean exactly it's, it's the glass gutter thing again it's glass like gutter, yeah. we need representation of all types of people and yeah. not everyone is like not everyone moves through the world the same way and I'm that's not okay saying like seven-year-olds should be like binge drinkers and like hit each other in the head sure. I'm just saying like you can find yourself in a lot of different things. Yeah. And yeah, for yeah. like a kid who doesn't fit one mold, they can find another in that. So it makes sense that they're popular to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how much of Stardom's audience is little girls. I think it's a lot of perverts. Yeah, but, it's a lot of perverts. <laughs> <laughs> but your point still stands for the for whatever little girls are watching this. Yeah. And that's the <laughs> other thing is that like I, I when watching this is like the faces I did recognize without knowing their characters is like I know them because I've seen somebody post on Twitter about how they're hot yeah <laughs> i mean and they are oh wait i like there are a lot of like very hot people in this faction which we will get into but i want to give a little bit of history yeah. of where they come from before we keep going um so they started when um two wrestlers uh act yasikawa and kyoko kimura merged their two heel factions together to make oedo tai okay. and the whole like kind of like cool goth samurai lady thing sort of comes from Aki Yasukawa. That's like, that was kind of her. Yeah. So um, they merged together, but then like almost right after that, um, Aki Yasukawa gets really injured in this match with this woman, Yoshiko, who basically shoots on her and beats the shit out of her and like breaks her face. And she's out for like a year. And then she like keeps coming back, but she has like these complications from this, awful injury that this woman Yoshiko caused 
And uh, she ends up retiring. She has Graves' disease, which is like another reason why she retired. Yeah, is, I had to Google that. It's the thing Missy Elliott has. Oh, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun, fun is interesting. Fun, yeah, <laughs> fun in quotes. Um, but yeah, so so Act has to retire like pretty soon after the faction's founded. But Kyoko Kimura keeps running it as kind of the ringleader until she retires in 2017. So Kyoko Kimura is like kind of a deathmatch wrestler. Like that's sort of what she's known for. The knit gauge of this situation. <laughs> of of a stardom, yeah. Like in a limited way for sure. <laughs> the knit gauge of the situation. Um, and Kyoko Kimura has a daughter named Hana Kimura, who um, we will talk about, who has um, some history with Uedo Tai. Um, but when Kyoko Kimura retires in 2017, um, this woman Kagetsu takes over. And all the stuff we watched was from this sort of like most recent era of Oedo Tai, where Kagetsu is the ringleader. And uh, she is a badass. She was trained by Mako Satamura. She's cool as hell. Yeah. Um, she started in Sendai Girls, which is another promotion we've watched like a little bit of. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting that she has such a prominent position in stardom because like she never thought she was going to wrestle for them because they are a little more focused on aesthetics. Yeah. People like a very specific form of like feminine sexuality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think they're like, as a woman, it doesn't bother me, but I do know that like some people have some stuff to say about their owner, maybe being a weirdo. Um, but you know, they want the girls to be attractive and Kagetsu is fucking hot, but she's hot in like a, in a different way. Yeah. She's like, Cool sports bra muscles. I think hot. <laughs> it's the hot hunk dichotomy. She's a hunk. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is a hunk, I think, in this. But, like, it's one of those things of, like, there's sort of a coding be behind calling her a hunk as opposed to some of the other women in this. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I, I, I'll just say this. Like, I'm someone who is not personally particularly attracted to women or to femininity and i am very attracted to kagetsu yeah <laughs> like she's I, very hot to me yeah but she's a total babe uh she has a really cute dog um somebody posted on twitter a while ago like kagetsu's glow up and then versus sonata's glow up and they're surprisingly similar yeah, I like this LIJ parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because I in I mean like uh yo isn't in uh Oedo Tai, but when she was in the baseball jersey and the hat and her hair was messed up in one of the matches, I was like, "Oh, there's Naito." <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. She she comes out as a baseball player in one of the matches we're going to talk about. So, Oedo Tai has had like a fair amount of people that um we've watched. So, they they've had a fair amount of turnover with like um like Gaijin wrestlers. Yeah. So Nikki Cross was a member. Mm -hmm. She was Nikki Storm. She was not insane then. Um, I don't know what her what gimmick happened? was. I wonder. <laughs> she lost cross? her. She thought of it. She went through a stigmata. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the, what I'm choosing to go she's with. An ex here. She's an ecstatic saint now. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, uh, there, there's a tag team that we saw beyond who were in a way no tie. Do you remember Thunder Rosa and Holiday? They were the ones with, um, yeah, Calaveras. Yeah. They were fun. Yeah. They're cool. They, they were in uh way no tie. Um, Viper, who is Piper Niven is another name she goes by. She it's was in the familiar sounding. She was in the Mayon classic. And I mention her because she is the wrestler that most looks like me. So 
<laughs> so she's like automatically kind of my yes, favorite. Yes, I remember yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, she's British. She has better hair than me. Like, you know, I mean, she's a wrestler. So she's like in better shape than me generally, but we kind of look alike. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. So, and she's in the background in some of these matches. She's in, she's in one of them, but not in a part we watched. But anyway, um, yeah. So like a fair amount of people, Chris Wolf. Yeah. A founding member who we found out today as of this recording that she's retiring and we're very yeah. sad. But I'm happy for her because she got married recently. That's true. Good and for Chris. Her like wedding pictures that she put on Twitter were adorable. So cute. Yeah. She rules. Yeah. Um, but I'm really sad because she's great and uh, she's awesome. And she was like one of the founding members of this really cool faction. So. Yeah. I mean, it seems like she uh, will still be in the public eye in some form. She just has to figure out. She's going to figure out the next move. And that's cool for her. Yeah. We We're wish her Chris. the best of yes. luck. She is delightful. Yeah. So the first match we watched was like, it was a really weird match, but it was kind of a good like sampler Play yeah yeah of people so it was so the stipulation of the match was that there were five people on each team yeah and the last person eliminated the match is over when one team is entirely eliminated and the last person on that team to get pinned is has to leave their faction so it's like kind of a weird stipulation because like very convoluted only the last person is at risk you know what i mean yeah like i don't know it's weird i feel like if you're gonna be an asshole you just like get out early and then you're good yeah well that we'll we'll get to that because uh one of my favorite away to time members sumiri natsu kind of does that and it's really good but, oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah so it's it's queen's quest versus away to tie and mo- uh, the other match we watched we watched three matches two of them were queen's quest versus away to tie and Queen's Quest is like the, in my understanding, the big face faction in Stardom. Oh, you can just kind of, they're not necessarily like cute and adorable. They're just like, there's something about them and like their styling that's very much like, okay, you are like the baby faces. The good guys. Sure. You're the good guys. The good yeah. guys are here. Yeah. yeah. And like Io Shirai, I feel like her, the way she wrestles because she's so like perfect it's a good like baby face thing because it's just like she has like a picture perfect moonsault like it's all like technically so right on and i think that's part of also what makes oedo tai seem so cool is like you have this baby face who's like technically so perfect but kind of doesn't have a lot of personality in it because it's so like dead on and then you have these sort of rough and tumble crazy people yeah and i like that um, what did you think of Oedo Tai's dance? Maybe I was projecting onto it. I thought it was like a good sort of detail in it that their choreography was not sharp <laughs> at all. I've it's funny, like I've noticed I love their dance. I think their dance kicks ass. Um, but I feel like the person who was the most into the dance was Chris Wolf. Oh, most definitely. And when Chris Wolf isn't with them, I feel like they are like kind of half-assing the dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do was like kind of bummed. I thought it was really funny, the <laughs> section of the dance where they're doing like fake break dancing. Yes. Like that's so mall goth. <laughs> yeah. It's very, yeah. And with the masks and stuff, it's yeah. like that vine of all the kids under the like overpass 
doing the cyberpunk cyber goth dancing god we should you we should really just like make a, a, a like a thread a continual thread on the twitter account of like vines that we reference on this show <laughs> well hopefully we'll put that in the notes if yeah. you remember because that vine is really good the, people put it to uh all i want for christmas is you oh you it's know that one culturally yeah. important it, vine. it should be in the library of congress like I, no question i feel like it is it has to be because i think it it might predate vine it may. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Don't I don't know if me. I don't know if it predating Vine means it's in the Library of Congress though. I just I'm just saying that like that's the cultural sort of like importance behind <laughs> it is like it's crazy. It's it's very important. Um, shout out to those people. But to that's those goths. What, yeah, shout out to those goths. Um, that's kind of what the Oedo Tai dance reminds me. Of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you remember <laughs> when people started doing that dance to uh, Panic at the Disco on Vine? It was very charming. I don't remember that. Oh, it was good. It was very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, I I like it. I think it's like a really like cool entrance that like sets them apart. It's not cool in the way the rest of their gimmick is because like a choreographed dance will never be cool. Yeah, that's what I also thought was really notable about it is that like you go from being like these mean goth brutes to like we're dorks <laughs> it's it it really helps them come up like it's very even it balances yeah. it very nicely i just think that like more factions to do choreographed dances like i'm never going to be mad at a choreographed dance yeah i mean that is sort of why we love massage force right they kind of do one um there's a fuck i can't remember it's what probably f- like the bar the bar has like a lot of choreography in their entrance for sure. There's a lot of like gestures that have been added in and yeah. like, uh, but there's a group in, um, I think they're at Dragon Gate and they're called Natural Vibes and they're like a weed faction. Nice. And they do a choreographed dance. Thank God. And it's really good. Well, that was one of the big <laughs> things that we loved about uh, in our first Joshi episode. Mm-hmm. is like all the like pop star stuff behind it yeah and like oito tai is kind of bringing it back and i yeah. appreciate yeah, it that's what I, that's what i thought it was like maybe a reference to but mm-hmm. like i'm sure there's like a wider cultural thing that i just like don't have the framing on i do think like the part where they take their masks off right at the end is like very cool that's super cool like yeah. and everybody applauds and it's like yeah but it is it's interesting in terms of a reminder for you the viewer that like this isn't gonna be like hard-hitting striking like this is gonna be goofy yeah i mean (laughs) which i guess is kind of a bait and switch because like people get kicked in the head a lot in stardom yeah they do (laughs) but i i mean i i'm not saying that like they don't have you know good work rate i'm saying that that it's across like this is gonna span different tastes and different things that's very true and like one of the things i really like about this faction is that um a lot of its members are funny in a way that, like, yeah. there isn't a ton of comedy in stardom, I don't think. Like, from what I've seen, apart from, um, like, these these girls. Like, they're, Sumire Natsu, we're going to talk about, I think is, like, hysterical. Like, Session Moth Martina She's is so funny. the newest Oedo Tai recruit, which, like, made a lot of Joshi nerds mad, which is funny. Oh, that rules to me. <laughs> that 100% rules. Um, yeah, and even, like, we watched a promo of... Kagetsu and Hanakamura pretending to be drunk at a uh Hanakamura I she's very funny to me yeah and there's nothing in particular that she does that I can point out where I'm like oh that's funny I just get the vibe that she has like good comedic timing yeah there well when she we'll we'll get into it because there's a part later that I want to talk about that she does that I think is very funny but um yeah like they they're sort of thumbing their nose at like a lot of 
Joshi self-serious convention. So like good. That promo we watched of them drunk, like there's sort of an added layer to that because like the um Joshi like rules that they've always set are in place that are now kayfabe like they're not true but they've it's always been like oh you're a joshi performer you can't drink smoke or have a boyfriend yeah i remember the have a boyfriend part yeah i also think that like doing a drunk bit is pretty funny but also specifically being a wine drunk is very hysterical. good it's always funny yeah <laughs> super good um but anyway this match was like a really fun sort of like a who's who of yeah. queen's quest and uh oedo tai and uh it was really long so we we didn't have time to watch the whole thing but uh it was really fun. This was like the first time I'd watched Sumire Natsu for a long time. And uh, I thought she was delightful. She's really funny. Yeah. She's just like, so the stipulation of the match, like I said, is like kind of weird. And Sumire just goes like, wait, how many people are left? Oh, there's like three more after me. Oh, I can just get out. Like, <laughs> and she like, she like lays down and tries to and get it's like, do it. Yeah. It's just like, pin me, please pin me. Like, I'm, I'm sick of this. Like I already beat one girl. I'm like tired. So <laughs> very relatable. Yeah. She's like walking around the ring, like winded. Like it's just like a really good bit. And, uh, it breaks up a match that is like otherwise kind of serious. Cause there's like high stakes to it, you know, yeah. like, uh, I just thought it was like really fun and I was like oh I like these shit kickers <laughs> exactly shit kicker is the exact term I was thinking of the whole time another uh, parallel that some people draw between Oedo Tai but particularly Sumire Natsu is that she's like the girl Tai Chi from New Japan who's the guy with uh, oh no I know who he is <laughs> I'm just trying to like ponder it and figure out now I need to like find some memes or shit to have it be explained to me. <laughs> well, because like Tai Chi's just like again a shit kicker. Mm-hmm. Like walks by the owner of New Japan and like flips him off <laughs> and just like rips his pants off. Like he's just like a goofball weirdo shit kicker. Like, yeah, Sumire uh, Natsu. Yeah, and he's like, I feel like he like wants to do the least amount possible. Like he's like kind of lazy. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I would say between the two of them, I think I would rather take him in a fight. She seems <laughs> she's a little scarier by nature of being goth. Yeah. Well, and she also is like a crazy sadist in a because she's in the the exploding bat match that we watched with. Um, <laughs> I loved the exploding bat match. It's, it was so funny. It's very fun. It was uh, Kagetsu and Sumire from Uedo Tai versus Tam Nakano and Io Shirai from Queen's Quest. And uh, Sumire is like beating the shit out of Tam Nakano, who's like so cute. Okay, yeah. So I said like I would wear literally everything that put in here. That purple jumpsuit. Thank you. Oh my god. I want it. I want it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, Tam Nakano is wearing like a pastel purple jumpsuit with like these really cool like pins on it, and she her hair's up in these toodle buns, and she just looks so cute. And I want I want to look like that. Yeah. Give yeah. me that pastel purple jumpsuit. I absolutely. I completely <laughs> agree. I also I I want their uh, track suits that they have inside too. Yeah. I yeah, mean yeah. like I'm or I'm a mark for track suits. Definitely. For sure. But like those ones specifically are like, yeah, these are good. These are really good. <laughs> but like Sumeria is beating the shit out of her and is like laughing and smiling the whole time. And it's like, oh, you're a psycho. Yeah. Which is the other reason she's kind of like Tai Chi. I feel like Tai Chi does that. Yeah. Yeah. You're fucking crazy. You're nuts. Yeah. 
And I really enjoy it, especially when there's an exploding bat involved. I loved, um, and it was mentioned in the notes that like there was a lot of hand wringing about this of like, oh, they could be seriously injured, which is it just makes me roll my eyes a lot. Yeah. So I want. I just want to explain what it is in case people didn't watch it who are listening. It's basically there's a bat wrapped in barbed wire and it's charging for most of the match and then if you swing it at somebody it explodes yeah and but they have to set up turning it on too and there's yeah which is so funny it's great i really like it it's such a good comedic (laughs) device but yeah like so i just wanted to say what it was so that you would go it's ridiculous that people were upset about this it's insanely (laughs) ridiculous like i I think part of that reason is that people didn't want to admit that like that exploding ring match from years ago is also fucking silly, but we have to take it very seriously <laughs> because it's sold to you seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be my guess is that it's part of it is it's just kind of like, no, this is a silly as fuck match. Like, don't get me wrong. It's dangerous. They are selling it as way more dangerous than it is because yeah. like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, like a smoke bomb goes off really close to you, but it, it is immediately funny because after the bat goes off, they just cover them in bottled water. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's really silly. funny. It is silly. And it's also like, it's it's just so strange that they would be ups- be stressed out about this because like so much of the old Joshi stuff that we've watched is like so much more brutal than this. Oh my God. And um, I do want to say also here, shout out to a friend of the show, Johnny Landmine, who um, lives in Japan and watches a lot of Joshi, who helped us out with uh, the yeah. notes for this. Thank you so much. These were excellent, excellent notes that really helped guide me through. Yeah. And um, so it was, he, he told us that like in Japan, people were upset about this because like, oh no, what if one of the girls gets, gets hurt, gets a scar or something. And oh it's my like, God, so they have scars on their brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like really dumb. Cause like we watched fucking girls taking each other's foreheads apart with scissors and stuff. Like this is nothing they're wearing. They're completely covered in clothing from head to toe pretty much. Um, so like they're not even getting cut by the barbed wire. Like there's nothing yeah, that's also dangerous about this. What I liked about it is that like, yeah, it is scary. And you know, I'm saying it's not that dangerous, but if you were swinging that at me while I was covered in like a full winter coat, I would be like, no, fuck yeah, off. I wouldn't be thrilled about it. <laughs> I wouldn't be thrilled about it. But like for what, like there is, there are protections in place for like, you know, their sides and their arms and stuff, Yeah, which is good. I think. For sure. Uh, But I did like that there were basically bats in every corner. Yeah. So there was like one bat that exploded and then there were other barbed wire bats. Um, And it it did make the match really fun. Like it is very silly, but it also does add some drama to it in a way that is exciting because like it's there's sort of two steps to it, which I liked where it's like you have to be like, oh, my God, who's got control of the bat? And there's a good. Um, like test of strength that um, Eoshirai and Kagetsu do where they're like fighting over who's going to get the bat. Yeah. So there's that part, but then there's also you need to turn it on first. (laughs) So like they're struggling to this turnbuckle to slam this button that causes an alarm to go off that supposedly means, okay, the bat is ready to explode now, which is like very silly. It's also like it explodes on Eo the first time and she 
rolls out of the ring, not very smoothly, I will say. <laughs> and then like they dump water on her, which doesn't make sense because she's not on fire. Because it's like, okay, a loud noise went off and now I'm wet. Yeah. <laughs> and then she grabs, instead of having somebody pick her up onto their back, she grabs someone's neck and just like swings onto it. And they have to carry her out of there, there on her back. Yeah. Which was like very game show to me yeah they they piggybacked her out it was so funny it's really really silly it's so funny they're just like trotting to the back with her yeah and like it's it's a good reminder of like yeah you know that exploding ring match that we watched uh from years and years ago is very scary and intense but that's because of the framing they could have done it as silly as shit yeah, like the it, it doesn't actually necessarily hurt to have loud noises and lights go off, but it does look real cool. It's probably, and, I would just startle me more than anything. Yeah, um, but it's like, it's a fun conceit because like there are some really cool pictures from this match of the bat exploding and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's like loud and, and uh, really, I don't know. It's fun. I think more things should explode in matches. Yeah, I would like more exploding things and less light tubes, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think like you get more drama out of the explosion and it is slightly less likely to hurt people. Um, so I I'm mean, a the light tube is a guarantee, right? That's true. Actually, light tubes are like even more dangerous than most deathmatch stuff. So like, let's let's go explosions. Instead. I haven't stopped thinking about that light tube thing where I saw a photo. It looked like a giant rake where it was just like a half circle of them and just like going one one of these days i'm gonna get you to watch some big japan deathmatch shit oh most definitely (laughs) you say that like you're gonna have to convince me no it'll (laughs) we'll watch something with one of those light tubes for sure the light wheel tubes Uh, it's upsetting don't get me wrong like that stuff for some reason i'm much better watching it on tape because i know that the people in it aren't dead like Watching that stuff live oh, upsets see, me. So we're the opposite. Yeah. Is that like for me, watching it on tape, It because it's on a TV, it already becomes like a movie or a TV show. So that and like the what I freak out in horror movies, I think that makes it more of like a horror movie for me. Mm-hmm. And live, it's just kind of like there's so much happening that like I, I'm not as stressed in the present about it mm-hmm. like that makes I, sense. I had a friend, the sensory overload of it being live makes yeah. you not as like singularly worried about yeah and there's i think it's also you know my own my own sort of ironic detachment levels of just kind of like holy fucking shit this is wild but yeah like this this exploding bad match was nowhere near any of that it yeah was, it was just like a fun spectacle and uh you know it a bunch of really good wrestlers kicking each other in the head well what was also odd about it is that you would think like Okay, the bat explodes, the match is over, and then it keeps going. So you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and like the crowd clearly gets like really quiet after the bat explodes, and I think they're like confused and weirded out, which is like kind of funny. It's a little upsetting. <laughs> it's funny. And like props to them for doing something weird. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, I'd be down I with this to come back. It. So um, the next thing we watched was uh, we watched a little bit of a recent development in Oedo Tai which is that uh, Hanakamura, may I remind you all, is the daughter of the founder of Uedotai, Yoko Kimura. Hana turned on her faction and like beat up Kagetsu after a match and then like stormed out of Cork and Hall and was like, I'm not with you anymore, you little bitches. And like, then they had a really crazy match together. So 
my favorite part of the turn uh, that I wanted to say, like, I think Hanukkah is really funny because she like she's choking out Kagetsu. And then at one point she just sits on her and like poses. I thought that was so good. It was so it's so funny. Well, I also genuinely like that because in the women's wrestling, we have like we watch men's wrestling and like there's silly men's wrestling and there's there's goofy guys and there's hard hitting guys. But, like, they also, I think, and maybe it's just what I've watched, but men have more of an opportunity to do these, like, grand sort of, like, traditional storytelling. Like, yeah. you know. So, then, and I think that's why everyone is, like, so into Becky Lynch's current mm-hmm. the man thing. And that's why this was cool to me, too, is that someone gets to do, like, a a traditional, like, greek drama and like backstabbing yeah that's cool yeah and like part of that is because of the stuff that we watch for sure because we don't watch a lot of female only promotions but like even the female only stuff that we watch a lot of times it it's from companies that aren't as driven by story yeah and so like we don't get to see that as much but definitely in wwe like the women have been relegated to like very simplistic uh stories without a lot of stakes to them and you know without like the sort of care and attention put into them that the men's stories get. yeah i think the closest i think the best is probably still um uh sasha and bailey mm-hmm. but i mean i mean like the uh, wwe is making like really good strides for its women right sure yeah but, i mean like the, the becky storyline this year has been like great but there's no way within the next year there isn't going to be a stolen boyfriend storyline. There's one going on right now. Oh, good. Yeah. I should have put money on it. <laughs> There's, um, it's Naomi and Mandy Rose. Cool. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So, but that, that illustrates my point. It completely. Yeah. No, you're, you are dead on. And like, <laughs> yeah, the, I, I guess I'm just saying part of it is on me for not like showing you more stuff like this, but it, it is cool to watch. But that's why I put that caveat in there. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of like, from what I've watched, it's very cool to see this happening. And it's like, this is neat to me. Cause like, I've sort of been following Hana Kimura a little bit. Um, again, initially because i thought she was hot she's like really hot <laughs> she's hot um she was my up, up and coming hunk of the year this year remember? yes yes yeah, yeah. we so, should email her maybe she'll give us a letterhead <laughs> but she like she was wrestling in mexico like all summer so it's cool that she like came back and then she's like stardom's made you soft like i'm a badass now like yes. that's like some cool you know explaining her time away and everything i love that in a lot of Again, this is what I've watched, not everything. And a lot of the stuff I watch is that when like when people co- go go on excursion to Mexico, they come back an asshole. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's really funny. Mexico turns you into a heel. It makes you like a badass. A badass or a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes both. But yeah, like that's the other thing is like this is interesting cuz you have Oedo Tai like initially as they're supposed to be the bad guys, but I feel like here they're like the baby faces. Yeah. And Hanakamura is the real heel because it's like, you bitch. Like, you left your friends. You beat up your mentor who, like, who's like friends with your mom. Like, you were born into this. You fucked up Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool for me, especially being midway through this because it went from being like, okay, this is goofy. They're douchebags. They're like hitting each other with you know fireworks and stuff and then it was like oh wait we have like this incredible 
grudge and anger and story and that's dope yeah and then they had an extremely violent match about it which was cool as shit uh and this was like kind of the reason I wanted to do this episode is because I saw this match. It's a it's a no DQ match between uh, Hanakamura and Kagetsu. And naturally, like all the Uedo Thai girls are out there like trying to get revenge on this motherfucker who like backstabbed them You hurt them our all. friend's feelings. Exactly. Well, like you hurt all of us. Yeah. Like you left us, you asshole. Like yeah. you left our faction. So um, yeah, it just is like from minute one, completely insane. It's incredibly violent. And, you know, war- if you're going to watch this match, like you should know content warning, there's a hanging spot about 10 to 12 minutes in where like they fucking tie Hanakamura up with a noose basically and try to hang her and her friend comes and her friend Mary Apache comes and gets her down. But it is a very intense match. Yeah. And she does also sell it like uncomfortably well yeah 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 i was very glad you gave me the warning so i could kind of like divert like i watched it but i definitely like had my phone in my hand and like ready tear out so i could just be like okay well well i can half pay attention to this (laughs) yeah it is intense it's but the match like that's in the first 10 minutes and then it just keeps going it keeps going like hanukkah is beating the shit out of kagetsu and then kagetsu breaks multiple chairs over her head oh i loved that (laughs) I did too. Let women get CTE. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the thing about this that I feel weird about is like, I feel like if this weren't a Joshi match, I would be like, you guys are being fucking stupid. Like, I'd be like, this is irresponsible. No, it's irresponsible anyway. But (laughs) I think because it's women, I'm like, yeah, you show them. Like, yeah, you can do dumb shit too. Like, yeah, you can get CTE too, just like the boys can. And... I think that some of that is like good because I think it is like true that, you know, women can go absolutely just as hard as the men can have just as crazy a match. But it's also like kind of nobody should be having matches like this. Yeah. And I went through that. There was a uh, commercial during the Super Bowl for um, Girls Inc. And Mm -hmm. it was little girls playing football with adult football players. And it's like when girls are encouraged they can do anything. And like, yeah, I said earlier, like little girls should have like more assholes as heroes. It's, you know, I guess a more feminist version of like a goth brat doll. Mm-hmm. But I watched that and was just like, wait, no, I think this is I don't agree with this. Not that little girls shouldn't be able to like play football or you know why it's still insane to me that there's like no um mlb for women yeah like that's like we had a movie about it in 1992 what the fuck r.i.p penny marshall um (laughs) but it's i was watching it and was like no no children should be playing football because like that's how you damage your brain early right 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 like yeah it's this is like not necessarily the the way to achieve equality. The way you achieve equality here is to take it away from the little boys. <laughs> like yeah. that's, yeah. Or, you know, make it like flag. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It can't be as brutal because those are tiny brains. Right. And it's just like, I, like, oh, women, women, you should play football too so you can, you can let yourself get exploited by Roger Goodell as well. Right. <laughs> like, I just, 
like, because also peewee football registration is way down. And I think we've mentioned it on this show before, but it was actually, it was an interesting bit of controversy last year around uh, Justin Timberlake because he was playing the halftime show. And no, it was not controversy that like, hey, fuck you. Why did Janet Jackson's career get ruined? But he said he was asked in an interview, like, are you going to sign your kid up for peewee football? And he was like, absolutely not. Of course not. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but like, and everyone was like, but you're playing the halftime show. And then we forgot about it because the news goes way too fast. Um, but it's just, it was one of those things of like, I made a joke about like, let women get CTE too. But, uh, I got a response to it of like, they have been for years. It's called cheerleading. And I was one of those things that made me go, Oh wait, hold up. I have to reconsider my stance on this. Yeah. And it's, that person is completely correct. It's just that cheerleading is not respected. So, based on all of that, then, what do you think about this match? Um, Like, should this be allowed or should this not be allowed? Because I don't know. I'm, like, very torn on this stuff. I mean, the answer is yes and no, right? Like, it should be as respected as men's wrestling. Right. And just as cheerleading should be, to, like, wrap up my point that I, like, went tearing down on, it should be as respected, but, like, the real answer is that no one should do this, but the difference is is that those are not little girls being signed up by their parents sure. for peewee football. These are adult women making this decision. Right. I guess like the thing is, if you're going to let one gender do it, you should let the other gender do it. All genders do if it. They yeah. are, if they are freely chosen, you know, yeah. if it's if it's consenting adults, because that's like always the thing we come back to when we're talking about people who do stuff that's unsafe is like, well, you know, you they are freely choosing this as much as anyone freely chooses any job in a capitalist world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can't really like legislate about it or judge about it. But I'm actually going to go full galaxy brain here for okay. a moment. I think it's actually better that they're doing it in this faction because whenever we watch uh, tables, ladders, ladders and chairs, chairs matches with women in WWE, they do not gig the tables enough for them to break. So it's actually probably mm. better because they're gigging it specifically around uh, women's bodies. Interesting. <laughs> it's like how it's like how Alexa doesn't hear women's voices as well. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's... um, We unplugged her for a few reasons because she was free, whatever. And then we were... (laughs) But, like, she never listened to me. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. That's why the gimmicked... Gimmicking chairs for men's body weight, it's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, I I just don't know how I feel about this because it is like, okay, so we should treat this the same as men's wrestling. If this was men's wrestling, I'd be like, hey, don't fucking do that. (laughs) But... (laughs) Because I feel like women do have so much more to prove, I'm like more okay with it. And I, I guess I am not sure if that's the right ethical if it's stance. Backwards? I don't know. I just don't know if it is like the truly just thing to think. You know what I mean? I don't know either. And I think it's important to say now that like we don't have an answer. Yeah. And it's up to everybody and it's up to the individual viewer to have their answer. But I do think you should think about like, how do you view the men on this? What is yeah. informing your decision on this? Yeah. And like it, it, I can't wring my hands about it too much because it is like these are adults who have chosen their line of work and who are very, very good at it. And, you know, like especially in the case of Hanukkah who takes the unprotected chair shots to the head, which are arguably the most dangerous thing here. Um, her mom is a deathmatch wrestler. So 
she's been around this her whole life. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe makes you less uh, able to make this decision because of influence, but it certainly makes you informed enough. So these people know more than I do about the relative safety of this stuff. So it's kind of not for me to say. I will say that if we could have the choice to yell at any one professional wrestler about don't do this, I don't think it would be any of the women. That is true. Yeah, it would be <laughs> Daniel Bryan, correct? Ooh, that's... <laughs> if you could pick one wrestler to listen to you when you tell them to be safer, who would you pick is a really good question. I think I know both of ours, and I don't know which is number one and number two slots. Mm, so... Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Are you thinking Greg is yep, the other one? Yep. <laughs> I will say this. like Greg has definitely seemed safer lately to me. He used to do like way dumber bumps. I feel like he's like getting better. I'm it. really proud of ourselves for working Greg into this episode. <laughs> I didn't have a plan. I didn't intend to. But, you know, here we are. I think, yeah. I mean, my the, the two that came to mind, Daniel Bryan is a good one. The other one I was thinking was Will Ospreay. But I mean, I, I, in thinking about it, I don't know if there's any women I'd say it to. Like, we love when Charlotte gets insanely fucked up looking. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any women I've seen doing like super, super dangerous spots apart from like what we're talking about right now. Like, I, I think because WWE tends to be safer. Yeah. And most of the women we've watched have been in WWE. Tell us, uh, send us some Lady Daredevils, guys. Uh, yeah. Just like, tell us on Twitter or on the Discord if you're in the Discord. Um, who are some ladies who you wish would be safer? I think like top one for me might be Hanukkah. I think they're all going to say I, the, the most common answer is going to be Nia Jax and it's going to be towards right, others. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we beat you to that. Yeah. I'm talking about like risky stuff, not like accidentally injuring people uh, because of your uh, perceived you know, experience or whatever. I'm talking like people doing like dumb shit, like jumping off stuff. Like that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine was is probably actually uh, Io Shirai. Okay, because she does all those fucking crazy moons. Those crazy moon salts yeah. and jeans. I do like uh, in the exploding bat match. She's wearing jeans in those yeah. jean shorts, and it did make me think about her NXT jeans moon salt. I was like, this is where she proved it. She can wrestle <laughs> in jeans. Um, the last thing I do want to talk about before we go because we watched this like crazy no DQ match. Uh, it's awesome. They both are totally badass uh it's really intense but then we also watched like this really cute comedy tag match where it was oedo tai versus oedo tai and it was um kagetsu and hazuki who was wearing like matching makeup with kagetsu and she was like a little baby kagetsu and it was really cute mm, a travel size yeah not yeah, a mini yeah. a travel size <laughs> and then um they were versus session moth martina and sumira natsu who are just like just a both in leopard. Yes. <laughs> Both in leopard. Sumire in a shirt that looks like it could have only come from a boardwalk. Just like an oversized leopard shirt. They both get to the ring drinking beers. It's very cute. I love Session Moth. Yeah, I she's awesome. I love her. <laughs> she's, a, she's great. They both do the like the... Um, it the, When it's done not as humping, it's like a Bronco Buster, I guess. But like... When Martina does it, she just like fucks their face into the turnbuckle. <laughs> she does that. And then like she and Sumire do it together. It's very good. Uh, Sumire does really funny promos. Her makeup looks like a scene kid from 2006. And I'm like really into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the tag match was really fun. And it was a really good come down from like 
Wow, they broke several chairs. Yeah. And when, when I was watching the chair match earlier, Nate started laughing because he just heard clunking noises and he looked over at my computer and like 40 chairs were in the ring. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. I was watching uh, this stuff the other night and like I was watching it on like pretty high volume and I was convinced my roommate thought I was watching like snuff films because it was just like full on screaming <laughs> from like beat minute one to the end. Like everything is just like my all of my poor roommates at this point like know what I'm watching and are like all right cool (laughs) actually the only person who's mistaken any wrestling for porn is Nate (laughs) (laughs) I do sometimes worry about that too is like do they think I'm watching porn in here like really violent porn (laughs) but uh I put headphones in for those I'm an adult (laughs) I'm a considerate roommate um but yeah it was that was like a nice come down because it's like this really this tag match where like they're all friends and they don't want to hurt each other and there's like they all do the dance together it's cute it's very cute they go into the same corner and the ref has to be like no you guys have to go over there like ducklings yeah ducklings. they're all uh they're all good friends and uh except Hanakamura who died apparently in that <laughs> match I like legit thought she was dead at the end of that no DQ match like, oh man yeah that was wild she like does not get up for a while Kagetsu like chokes her out with her legs it's crazy <laughs> um Kagetsu what tear for you to do that to me please <laughs> she's such a babe I want to do a full dive on her I think like yeah she's awesome a specific to her that would be really fun. That would be a lot of fun. Well, stay tuned, listeners, for uh, our Kagetsu episode. Um, It'll happen. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we have a Patreon. If you are hankering for more content, we have bonus stuff up on there. Um, we have a wonderful Discord where our lovely listeners get to talk about wrestling in a very nice environment with no assholes. It's really nice. Um, yeah, that's all up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleSplania. Um, we're WrestleSplania on Twitter, WrestleSplania at gmail.com. Please give us five stars on iTunes. That really helps us out. And uh, I have two other podcasts, um, Lie, Cheat, and Steal, which is about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters, and What a Time to Be Alive, which is a countdown of five weird, funny, crazy news stories every week. So listen to those. Um, uh, my plugs are, we are doing a live show April 7th at yes. Queens Brewery. WrestleSplania, WrestleMania watch party. Yes, we're doing a watch party. Uh, you can buy tickets now. Advance, they're $5, 8 bucks at the door. If you are a patron, we can give you a discount code. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Queens Brewery is a great environment. Come hang out with us Mania weekend. Um, if you are a listener of this show and you are in interested in uh reforming voting rights specific specifically in pennsylvania uh my dad and, ma- and i made a documentary about that it's called line in the street and you can find out how to watch it at line in the cool cool bye everybody bye i love you